Hi there. Welcome back to Relationships Revisited. It's good to be with everyone again. In past episodes, in couples episodes, where we've been discussing concepts of attachment, of how human bonds are formed, and especially in that in that couple dyad, in the, in the couple format between husband and wife, we've spoken about the most important question that a person asks himself or herself in a relationship. And that question can be formulated as, are you there for me? Can I count that you're going to be available to me, that you're going to be responsive to me, that you're, that you're engaged with me in my world? Can I really rely on you? All right. For my, for as I have, try and have my various needs met, right? Can I reach to you and, and request you, your, your presence, your support? And when the answer the inner answer to that question is, yes, I feel confident in that. Then there is a sense of security to the relationship that allows things to flow really beautifully. It doesn't mean that there's not bad weather at times, difficulties, but generally speaking, the climate is a positive, supportive, loving climate that both people feel really good in, and the relationship then is a huge resource. If the answer to that question is, I'm not sure, or I don't think so, so that is a really dangerous place for the individual, then that is registered as a threat to the person that is asking that question and receiving that uncertain answer. It's experienced as a threat, and then the sympathetic dimension of the nervous system kicks into action and it, you know, the amygdala is firing there, a smoke alarm is going off, and then it needs to be responded to or reacted to. And this all happens very fast because again, threat, the threat response system is really quick. And the general two reactions that come when the amygdala is firing off danger, danger, danger is Number one, to go at it will be like a fight response to deal with it, to try and move towards resolution by trying to control the situation, by seeking more information, by um, reaching out strongly to see if you're really there. And that all has this intense, activated, aggressive energy on it, which is one way we deal with threats. Another way is to do some form of with retreat, withdrawal, explanation, justifying. This is more a flight or even a freeze response where a person is moving his or her vulnerability out of the picture, protecting himself and not trying not to do anything to make it worse, if possible, to try and make it better with some type of quick solution. Those are the two general reactions when there is a threat and the nervous system reacts to deal with it. Okay, I want to zoom out now. This is a very particular in terms of attachment science. I will actually zoom out and speak of this dynamic more from the perspective of Hasidus and Kabbalah and use the, the framework as brought in Tanya of the two souls that we have. Because we have a, an animal soul, a nefesh Bahamas, as it's referred to in Tanya, and that animal soul 
is really very much of this world and you know it has a survival a strong survival urge so wanting to grasp on to survival that it feels like is always at you know can always be lost it's very vulnerable the nefesh bahamis the animal soul this natural soul is very vulnerable to any physical emotional and psychological pain okay anything that comes up that feels threatening the animal soul reacts very quickly so if you want to equate that with the nervous system reaction well that makes sense to me it's all part of the animal soul framework a mechanism to deal with threat and this animal soul can become consumed by its its will to survive at all costs it's intense and it thinks of again protecting itself from pain but also maximizing pleasure to trying to try and substantiate its existence and it's interesting that this animal soul is also relational okay because from from its perspective relationship is helpful because relationship it it makes survival you know more likely human beings naturally have lived in tribes right they've 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 sought out community to support one another to deal with threat and it, the animal soul will seek that connection for its purpose of survival as long as the relationship feels good but when pain starts to come up in the relationship when it starts to hurt then its vulnerability is exposed and the vulnerability to pain is exposed and now protection self-protection steps in and that is prioritized over the relational needs that is when things start to become problematic, as I was discussing earlier, okay? Because if my self-protection is prioritized over my desire to attach and connect to you, then it's going to make connecting pretty much impossible. Now, that's not the only reality. We have another aspect to our being, which is known as the nefesh alokis, or the divine soul. And the divine soul is not of this world. It's a... It's a part of God. It's right? It's not part of this world. So therefore, it's not vulnerable to physical, emotional, and psychological pain. And it doesn't, it thinks only in terms of what does Hashem want for me? What is the divine will? It doesn't seek self-gratification. And interestingly enough, I want to say that it is entirely relational. It doesn't have this self-protective element to it. There's nothing to protect. There's no, there's no threat. So it's a relational um, energy. Pain and discomfort, fear do not, like again, they don't enter into its world and it, they, don't, they don't deter it from its relational purpose. It, the godly soul seeks relationship because it's in relationship that more unity is revealed, more oneness is revealed. And ultimately, the godly soul knows that any pain, any difficulty, any challenge that one may experience in a relationship is only for the sake of moving towards a deeper and more com- more complete connected relationship. So 
both of these souls, as explains in Tanya, both of these souls, they were placed within the human being. And the hope is that the divine soul and its its pursuit of connection and revealing unity, it will harness the energy of the animal soul, of the more vulnerable animal soul, so that the animal soul can also reflect the truth of oneness. That's the goal. This has really powerful implications for marriage, right? Because in marriage, both souls are deeply engaged. On one hand, marriage is experienced by the animal soul as a vulnerable physical struggle for survival. And remember, attachment aids in that survival. The animal soul fears being taken advantage of, being ignored, being disrespected, abandoned, and generally just being hurt. So the animal soul is, is vigilantly on guard for hints and signs that its, its fears are, are founded, its fears are true, and that it is in fact in danger. But the godly soul, on the other hand, what does it want to do in a marriage? Well, it wants to fulfill the divine will. So it confidently moves into the mitzvah of marriage, and it wants to create a home that's filled with peace, shalom bayis. It wants to create a place of friendship and love, a place where everyone can feel accepted and valued, a place where intimacy can be experienced. Intimacy, intimacy with another human being, intimacy with the divine, so the godly soul very much values this, this space between as holy ground, as a Malcolm Kodesh, as a, a, a as sanctified space. And it knows that you need to constantly tend to that space with compassion, with, with compassionate attention. And again, the godly soul can experience pain, distance, and hurt, and allow those experiences to eventually bring to more healing, more secure relationship. That's the concept of tshuva, of return, right? Even if there's distance, even if there's a rupture, well, we can always mend that rupture and tie a, a more solid knot, even a double knot, triple knot, right? And that gets even, the bond gets even stronger and stronger. So, when each spouse, right, if, if one of us gets locked into a trance of fear, right, the animal soul really starts to take over, okay? And I'm not sure, again, using that question, are you there for me, that I'm not sure if you are there for me. So then what happens is now fear dominates and the animal soul is vigilantly on guard. It itself, it can't even achieve its own purposes of attachment and connection, which serve its survival purposes. But even more... Even, I guess, sadder is that it then becomes difficult for the godly soul to tap into the divine potential of marriage as a sacred relational space. The animal soul is now fully activated. The divine soul is kind of silenced and pushed out of the way because the animal soul and its and its need to now to self-protect for survival is just too activated and too unwilling to trust. There's just too much at stake, too much to lose. 
So now the, the divine soul is on, it's, it's being silenced, it's being pushed out of the way. So what to do? Well, the divine soul has, is, is very resourceful. And it knows that forcing the animal soul, any type of coercion or force, is not going to work. Okay? There's just too much powerful self-protection there that is not going to just back down from force. And the divine soul is not a, it's not a forceful energy. It's a, it's a compassionate energy. It's a, an educational energy. It, you know, force goes against the, the divine soul's desire to reveal unity. That's all the Nefeshulakis want. It's like this constant quest of revealing more and more oneness. So what does the divine soul do when the, ac- when the, the animal soul is completely activated into its self-protective, vigilant defense. Okay. The, the godly soul basically has to make space for the animal soul's f- protection. Like to understand it. It's like, yeah, it makes it makes total sense that you're scared here and that you want to protect yourself and so you attack or you pull away you are vulnerable to the pain of betrayal, the pain of someone, you know, of, of, of being criticized, like you're, that you're not enough, or being abandoned, right? You are vulnerable to that. That's really scary for you. At the same time as the divine soul acknowledges that, it also wants to help the animal soul see that as you get completely absorbed in your need for self-protection, it will prevent you from experience the real connection that serves you, right? the real attachment that will serve you. That pain can come up in a relationship, and it doesn't mean that we have to, you know, now just circle the wagons. And it's, it's like this really scary, overwhelming thing. No, pain is part of this. And it helps the animal soul see that you can experience pain and then talk about it, share that. And then the animal soul was like, oh, wow, there's actually, I don't have to just protect myself. I can actually share what I just experienced. And it doesn't lead to worse. It actually leads to deeper connection. And it feels, it feels good. Because remember, again, the, the animal soul does naturally prioritize relationship. It does want that. It just, when it gets overwhelmed by fear and, and the possibility of, of pain and ongoing pain, well, it shifts. It shifts to self-protection. So if we want that the divine soul wants to help the animal soul soften, to become more vulnerable, to start taking risks, it has to actually first meet its fears and validate them and then sure it makes sense for you to do that but but maybe if you if you give this a chance and what the godly soul wants animal soul to give a chance is vulnerability because it's vulnerability it's the vulnerability that is really right beneath its need to protect itself it's self-protection there's vulnerability right beneath that and self-protection is not relational but vulnerability is Vulnerability says, I need you. You're important to me. You're my person. And as I can, if I can acknowledge that to you, well, that's an opening. 
then instead of me having to, to, to protect myself, I can actually reach to you. That's risky, okay? For the animals, it is risky, but with the hope that you will then meet me, okay? That you'll meet me there. And as that works, okay, the animal soul comes on board, and then the godly soul now has a partner in the animal soul to to continue to build the the, the divine home that it that it seeks and to reveal the oneness that is possible. Okay. Wow, it's almost like that divine soul is a bit of a an, an expert, you know, has an expertise in in therapeutic process. But that's all what a, that's what a therapeutic process is, right? It's like bringing the things that you fear into com- the space of compassion, and the godly soul is really really good at at holding that space. So I hope this makes sense. I hope that these this experience is somewhat resonant within you. It certainly is within me, and um, as we open up the space of compassion for our defenses and our fears, my hope is that those will soften and we can reach to each other for with more vulnerability. And that is a good step in the direction of peace and, you know, bringing the divine into this world. Looking forward to our next time here in Relationships Revisited, where we explore the space between. 